And but if we learn to get trained to reign in our workplace, our families, and our homes by learning these principles, we are going to grow in the things that we were created to 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 be. So um, many years ago, when I went to college to be a school teacher, I never thought I would be a teacher for the kingdom of God. And then teaching it in the workplace—that's not what I thought I went to school to be a teacher for. <laughs> but anyway, with all that being said, this is a place of growing. We take truth and we, we give the word through love and then it manifests development within each and every one of us. So I want to thank everybody who has been loyal to Train to Rain because we've had people that have been coming for, Wes is only missed maybe one Train to Rain class. So I do want to thank everybody. This year's theme has been called Wisdom That Wins. And so all every month when you come in here, we're trying to teach you something that helps you to overcome or helps you to win in what you're doing. And so wisdom that wins, it's wisdom that comes from heaven, not wisdom of the world. We've all been able to walk in the world and know um, how to handle things. And I bet you there's a lot of people in here who are great problem solvers. And you know how to make everything fit together. And you're also probably very good because we're all in business and somehow knowing how to make other people happy before yourself. Raise your hand if you've been there. Okay, so we work really hard to try to make ourselves happy, but in the end, we're trying to make another person happy, and we ultimately aren't really making ourselves happy. So today, Wisdom That Wins, we are going to be talking about what really holds us back, and we're going to talk about things about offenses, defenses, and how we can improve ourselves so we can be good leaders out in the marketplace. And that's what the goal of Train to Rain is. If we can become a good leader, an imitator of good things, then it's going to travel and trickle down right into our workplace. And so it takes time. And we, I love the Lord because he makes us walk out a salvation. He makes us walk ourselves out glory to glory. So he knows one person doesn't go from lost to completely full. We have to walk it out and know it's a process. So thank God for the process. Um, in that being said, um, the Lord really had on my heart about offenses and defenses for the past two weeks. And sometimes we can't be good leaders until we know how to identify the purpose of an offense, why we have a defense that comes up. And we have to know that in anything we do in unity with anybody, that a house divided cannot stand. So the whole purpose is to grow into unity in our marketplace. The purpose is to grow into unity within your family, within your marriage, within your workplace. And so a house divided cannot stand. So then let's ask ourselves, what causes division? And I'd like, now, I don't know if anybody brought their Bibles, but um, I encourage people to definitely bring their Bibles. But I'm going to actually read from James. If you want to write these scriptures down, we're going to read from James 1. Because a house divided cannot stand. That means people who are not in unity, in agreement of one mind and one heart. It's hard to move on in things. So, and, you know, I remember when I learned this the first time. Because I always thought in business that if there was strife or if there was a problem or if there was a fear, that means it was my job to fix it. But it's, it's not. Okay. James 4.1 says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure, that war in your members? All right. Well, as I started thinking about that verse, that verse started hitting me, hitting me, hitting me. And what it means is, is when there is strife, when there is fights, when there's disagreements, that means there is something in us, a desire that's not being met. There's something in us that's not being met. Now think about that. We work so hard to please other people and we hold back our own development because we're focusing our eyes on everything else and we've got to focus our eyes on ourselves. So we have to ask ourselves, wow. If I feel things that strife, if I feel disagreements, if I feel like I want to fight or I feel like people are fighting among me, why is that? It's because somebody's desire is not being met. Something within us is not being met. If you turn to, if, everybody, if anybody has their Bible, and if you turn to your sheet, we did make a copy of this already. We are going to talk today about that desire and what holds us back from our heart's desires being met. And if you look, we have a sheet here. It's called strongholds. 
This is what the word calls a stronghold because in business, when we have to say what is holding our business back, what is holding me back? Okay. In the word, it tells us it's strongholds. All right. So second Corinthians 10, four, six identifies what is a stronghold, but I'm going to read it from this paper. Everybody has this definition in front of them. This is really powerful. The first time I read this. Now, this is something that, you know, Jean had written out. And I didn't even read it for the longest time until, and really focused on it until a couple months ago. It says strongholds are first established in the mind, which is why we are to take every thought captive behind every stronghold. Now, stronghold is something that holds us back in business, in family, in relationships. Behind every stronghold is a lie. Everybody can circle lie. A place of personal bondage where God's word has been subjugated to any unscriptural idea or personally confused belief that is held to be true. When we are born, we grow up in an environment that we're not in control of. We're born into a family. We walk into a business and there are things that are in us that we have agreements with that we don't even know whether they're a truth or a lie because we don't know everything that's in this word. So isn't this awesome? It's like if we subject ourselves to know and to desire to know what's in this word, it will, t- it will draw us to the truth. Okay? So I loved it when it says, behind every stronghold is a lie, a personal bondage where God's word has been subjugated to an unscriptural idea. That means something that's not in here. That means something that we've learned that we just don't know what the truth is because we've been taught it, not because we wanted to learn it, just because we're all born, we're all born into a family, we're all born into an environment, we're all born into an atmosphere, we're all born into places where we just learn what we're taught, right? Okay? I grew up in an Episcopal church. Why? Because that's what my parents were. Do you know what I mean? I went to a synagogue because half my family is Jewish. So I remember feeling, I don't understand the two religions. One believes Jesus exists and the other one doesn't. You know, they believed he was a good leader. But I've always remember having that not understanding. So what did I do? Put it on the shelf. Didn't think about it. And just let things build as they were exposed to me. But then when we grow in understanding the things of God that are in us, he starts teaching us those things. And so we have to let go of lies. We have to let go of strongholds. So it says behind every lie is a fear. So everything, believe it or not, sometimes if I was taught one thing, and one of the things I was taught is you don't mix God in your business. I grew up where my, my father said, you don't mix God in your business. I grew up around family. You don't mix God in your business. You just do your business. Well, guess what? That was a lie, <laughs> you know, because the Lord is in us and we're to incorporate it in everything we do. So I love this. Behind every lie is a fear. When Mr. Hall asked me to be his partner over there for the real estate firm, I was in fear that he put God in his business. (laughs) And I remember sitting at his table feeling fear grip me because I wasn't sure if I was ready to connect with that because of what I was what? Taught. And what I was taught was not subjugated to this word. So this is the beautiful thing. This word has a lot of answers for us. And a lot of you guys in here already do some things naturally. I want to, that is one thing that's so awesome about Christ being formed in us. There are things that we already agree to this already because it's already in us to connect to it. When we have a fear, it's because we really not sure what we really know in him. So isn't that awesome? If you really think, isn't that awesome? So behind every lie is a fear. Behind every fear is an idol. Something else we're putting above God because it says he, we're to put him first in everything. And now I've become, I love our business because we do put God first into everything. Idols are established whenever there exists failure to trust. Underline that trust word, failure to trust. When I sat down, like I said, when I met Gene and I knew that he makes God in his business, I wasn't sure if I was going to trust that. And it set a fear to trust in the provisions of God that are ours through Christ. Some of the weapons that pull down these strongholds are God's word. So as we learn God's word, we start pulling down the things 
that are not of God in our life. We start learning the things that are his principles that are him. And then an exchange starts happening. And it's a beautiful exchange. But I love the beauty about learning the word is it's going to really hit deep. And today we're going to talk about offenses and defenses because everybody in here has offended somebody and everybody in here has been offended. And we can't purify our hearts until we let the word start purifying offenses and defenses that are building up in us. And we have a chart here. It says the unknown spot. So many things are in us we don't even know. Isn't that awesome? We're innocent. We're bystanders. We are, we, I mean, when I learned that, because we start, we start defending ourselves because we don't want somebody to know how we feel about something. But the moment we start that defense, boom, you know, there's something we're not, we don't know in here, but you know what? It's not because it's our fault, but yet it is our responsibility to gain knowledge. It is our responsibility to seek understanding. We do have, and everybody in here has a drive for truth. There isn't anybody in here that doesn't want to know what unknown things have you believed in that are not of God because you, everybody in here wants to excel themselves. And you know what? When we walk in things of the world, we get snared into traps and those traps are the offenses, the things that have been built up in us that we don't know. And so I decided strongholds come in three forms. Strongholds come in unforgiveness. Strongholds come in shame. Everybody in here has felt shame. Strongholds come in rejection. We have all been rejected. But today I'm going to focus on one. I'm going to focus on unforgiveness because unforgiveness in our workplace, as we start working with our coworkers, our families, our, our, our partners in life, whatever, whoever work you're working with, you have to know that everybody's experiencing unforgiveness. And unforgiveness holds us back from the destiny that the Lord has for us. And that's why we're here to train to reign, to find out what does the Lord have for us, start letting go of these things that are not of God so we can flourish in what we were born to do. Everybody in here has something that they were born to do. And it's not what I do. It's not what Jean does. It's not what Pete does. Everybody in here has a special, special gift. But when we're born, the first thing darkness wants to do is try to get us off course. And how does he do that? Through offenses. So now I'm going to look at the word offenses because offenses is works through things. Offenses work through people. Offenses work through actions. Offenses work through us. And we don't even know when they're working. So here's what an offense is, because you know what? We've already identified a stronghold. A stronghold is a wrong pattern of thinking that we have to get identified the truth from the word. And that we have to work these howls of thoughts in our soul. Our heart wants to do what's right, but our soul's got to learn the truth. Offenses. Offenses are trespasses. Offenses are betrayals. Offenses are things of abuse. Offenses are stumbling blocks. Offenses are things that trigger us to trap us into the wrong movement. Offenses in us will cause another person to sin. Offenses in us will cause another person to react wrong. Offenses are things like when people talk bad about us, when we say wrong words. Offenses are when we are deceived in believing something. Hey, we've all seen this in business. We have met somebody that they've deceived us into one way, and then we learned it wasn't that way. And what do we do? We get offended. Okay, everybody is in here has been hurt by somebody and everybody in here has hurt somebody and that's we feel betrayal So offenses start piling up If you were if something happened to you when you were younger boom an offense lays root If something happens to you when you're older, it starts building and offenses have defenses Okay, so every offense that you don't even know that's built up in you from the time you've been born to today you can identify them by identifying the defense. Okay? So every offense, when you feel, a, it's like a burn in your body. It's a burn and you, it can make you feel frustrated. An offense makes you feel a certain way and then you manifest it. How do you manifest it? In a defense. And here in our soul, 
These are the defenses that cause us. These are the defenses that we know we have an offense or we have been offended because it's two ways. We give out, we receive. So offenses, we could be giving them out, not even knowing we offended somebody because of something that's in us that we don't know. It's unknown. Somebody could be offending us and we feel the burn inside because what? Our feelings just got hurt. And then we have to make the choice to manifest that hurt. How is it manifested? Anger. Ask yourself right now. If you have felt anger, well, guess what? There's an offense. Envy, jealousy, bitterness, pride, complaining. These are all things that everybody in here has experienced. And that's the beautiful thing about walking out our walk with the Lord is because he wants us to spend time to identify and think about our thoughts and captivate them and then cast them up to him because then he'll start working with us. If we start recognizing when I was in business before I solved every problem, I had the right answer. I, me, Lee, you know, I, I, and I had a gift to solving problems, but it wasn't really helping me. I was just pleasing everybody else four years ago when I shifted into, okay, I am not my own. Christ is being formed in me. He wants to show me who I really am. I had to start dealing with what the offenses in me. And then I had to start realizing I have offended others. And then I've had to realize others offend me. And I've had to ask myself these questions. What is all this? Because you know what? We start thinking it's normal. When we feel these things, our body manifests. So not only we have our spirit, we have our soul, we have our body. Well, our spirit already knows the truth. The spirit wants to draw us to the truth. But our soul has already been taught the lie. So that's the battle going on, trying to figure out what that truth is. And the beautiful thing is our body will manifest it. It will manifest it through our what? Our words. It'll even manifest it in our health. So let's think about this. You know, if you have symptoms, if you're sick all the time, you feel a a false peace, something you're not settled in, you feel torment about something that you can't come to terms or grips with. All those are symptoms, bodily symptoms saying to you, and I'm giggling, there's a defense in place. And it's saying to you, there's an offense working. And that means there's a stronghold holding you back in your business, your family, And all the things that you walk your life out. And you don't even know when it's going to happen because it gets triggered. Like I said, offenses are a stumbling block. They trigger something to get you in a trap to be angry. They get you in a trap to be envious. They get you in a trap to be jealous. They get you in a trap to be bitter. They get you in a trap. Pride. Oy. Pride is such a tough one because pride is overcurrent and undercurrent. You know the arrogant person, but do you know the undercurrent pride person who says they don't have to do that, but they do it silently? There's pride that we have to deal with and complaining. So everybody can look at these things and know that. Well, I want to read off to you. And this is, I actually have a sheet on this. But defenses start being put in place the moment triggers of offense start. And so I just want to read through this. Why does that cause? Why do the offenses come? The first thing is an offense will come when truth is coming near you. So when somebody comes to you and they are carrying a truth that's him and they start drawing near you, you start feeling what wiggly is the best word I can say. That's a word that I've created and wiggly is good and bad. Do you know what I mean? Because in our heart, we want to learn, but in other times we frustrate ourselves with this. So when the truth come near, boom, anger wants to rise. An offense comes up. Words, our words are life and death. Words from another person will trigger us. When the promise of God is near, when he wants to start showing us where our destiny is, we start creating these walls. So these are awesome things. So life and death are in the power of our tongue. And we react out of those emotions. Anger is just a reaction of an emotion. Envy, these are all just defenses of the emotions that got hurt from an offense. Now, you know, I grew up in a household 
where we weren't allowed to go out. We were like my dad's secret family type of thing. And we didn't get to go out. Well, I didn't know what the world was really like until I went to college. But I really feared the world. I had so much fear because I was never allowed out. So do you manage all that fear I had to get over? But it was the offense of knowing I did not get to do anything normal like all these other kids. I did not get to ride my bike in the street. I did not get to do this. Imagine all these offenses that wants to build up in a person. So then what was it going to do? Hold me back if I never started to deal with them. So it's beautiful. We all have this in our workplace. We go to college, we get a degree, and then we have to go out and do that job, right? And then sometimes we feel like we've just failed because we've let the world puff us up. We haven't let our heart lead the way with him and what we're to do. So think about these things as you think about the way in which you were raised and the things, offenses start from when you were younger. They don't start in your workplace. They manifest in your workplace. (laughs) They start to come out the moment you have to interact with others, the moment you have to come to an understanding and a movement of how to move in your life. So offenses will affect our production, but here's a beautiful thing. In Luke 17, 1 and in Matthew 18, 7. And I'm going to read Luke 17, 1 because this really made me feel really better when I read this verse. Because when I started feeling that burn on the inside about things, I knew when Christ was in me that it's not right. Luke 17, 1 says, And Jesus said to his disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Now let's think about this. The first part, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Okay, that's awesome. Guess what? We're all on the same playing field. Everybody has offenses. There is impossible. That means everybody has it. Doesn't that make you feel better? You don't got to hide it. It's there. You know what I mean? That was comforting to me. It the Jesus said it is impossible. You know what? And I meet, we meet people in counseling and stuff like that. And we'll have people that they feel like they've done wrong to their children. They think they might not have been good parents. And honestly, it's okay because it's impossible. That means nobody can walk this world except for Jesus. Okay. But he had to deal with offenses and being offended by others, by us. But it is impossible that no offenses should come. But now here's the other half. But woe to him through whom they do come. You know what that says? That says we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to identify our, to identify our defenses. Then hit and ask the Lord to help us with the offense. And then, and then he'll start breaking that stronghold. He'll replace the lie for the truth. Isn't that beautiful? If we just trust in him to do it, we have to trust in him to do it. You know, this is awesome. You know, I love this because I never really understood football. Do you know what I'm saying? Like offense, defense, and people fighting. I never watched sports. I didn't grow up with TV. So, but you see people really get into football, right? And they're like, they have their favorite team. They want to defend their favorite team. They talk about the things of their favorite team. And they actually start what? Building offenses on the other team, (laughs) you know? And it's when I start looking about, okay, I think it's the person who carries the ball, right? That everybody's trying to protect, right? Because they've got to get the touchdown. They have to gain the victory, right? They are working hard to protect that ball through the defenses, right? Now, do I have this right? Okay. I didn't understand that. (laughs) When I started thinking about it in a football kind of way, I thought, wow, all those guys, anger, you know what I mean? They're trying to bitterness. They're trying to make the other person angry because they're trying to protect the ball to get it to the touchdown to get the victory. Well, here's the awesome thing. The victory, as we grow the Christ in us to know our destiny, we already have the win because the moment we start understanding these words and start hearing this truth that it is impossible that no offense should come. That makes me excited because, because I already know I'm starting where everybody else is. I am not a loser. I'm not dumb. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I have offenses because it's impossible for me not to. Isn't that awesome? And he tells us that. He tells us it in Luke 17 and he reaffirms it in Matthew 18, 7. 
We can't, Jesus lets us know we have to walk out and start identifying, but the only way we can do it is by identifying the defense, which is the manifestation. Then we start focusing on why am I offended? Ask yourself, what's, what's really holding me back? If I'm angry, why am I angry? And as you start cultivating that relationship, it starts, it starts coming because you don't want to manifest it out of your mouth. And we, last year, our theme was the power choice. Why was it the power choice? Because the power choice was to get us to captivate our thoughts and watch what we say. Watch what we say. So this is in this beautiful. So we have to know that our bodily manifestations, the symptoms, what we say are all production of what is in our mind that got planted from an offense from a long time ago. Offense could be your parents got divorced and you didn't get to go to college. Your, um, or this happened to you in school. This kid bullied you and you've never been confident since then. It doesn't, we've all experienced something like that. So it's awesome. So the Lord really calls us that we must learn. He asks us to learn the knowledge of the truth in him. So we can stand on this truth. We can stand on this truth and we can start growing out and identifying our defenses and learning more about ourselves because he promises to do that. So it's awesome. So when you look at your sheet here, we identified what's a stronghold. We talked about what is an offense and we talked about the defenses, the things on here. And we also talked at why do they happen when love comes close to us, when truth comes near and when the light will always shine and expose the hidden things, the unknown things that the Lord wants to start making you known about. So he can what? Grow you up. Mature us. We have to grow to maturity. We may be, I may, I didn't start growing up until I was 40. <laughs> you know? And really when I think about that, yes, I had experiences up to 40. But when I started having experience encounters with God and using this word in my life and in my workplace, then he says, now I can maturely. I can mature her to what I have called her to be. So I asked the question, which is really awesome. What rock do we stand on? What foundation do we stand on? So before we can even start dealing with this, we have to commit to who is our rock? Who is our foundation? And it's awesome because these verses hit me and I love them because when you spend time with God, he is faithful to show you where I don't have to Google it. He will show me it. And I loved when he showed me these two because he said, offenses build a wall of rocks that defend the fear and the lie. And if you go to 1 Peter 2, 8, which I'll read out loud because I know that everybody doesn't have their word. But in 1 Peter 2, 8, he identifies the rock. A rock can be an offense you choose. And it says in 2, 8. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to go a little bit before there. It says, therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, that means people who don't want to hear the truth. People who want not want, they don't even know they're not hearing the truth. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief's cornerstone. And the stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Okay? So sometimes our offenses are rocks building up that cause us to stumble. That cause us to stumble. But then he is faithful to tell us what is the rock that we are supposed to be standing on. And if you go to Psalms 92.15, 92.15 says to declare that the Lord is upright. When we start believing that we have another authority and it's authority in him in our life. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So this is all, if you really think about this in the world. A rock to us is an offense. But in the spirit of God and growing in God, it is his. He says here, the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. That means we can't, as long as we make him our rock, we can't fail regardless of having an offense and a trigger of a defense. So if you think about this in the workplace, if we start recognizing that I am only righteous through him and he is going to help me, peace starts entering in. Joy starts entering in. And he wants us in that peace in our workplace. 
that peace in our family. And here's the awesome thing. You're going to get offenses no matter what. Because he already told us we're going to have no offenses no matter what. So he wants you to gain who is your rock. Is it the Lord? Are you leaning on him? Or are you leaning on the offenses that are working around you? Like I said, I was very good at problem solving. But all I did was see a problem, figure out how to solve it. Never looked up to the Lord for my rock. And sometimes it'd be hit and miss. It turned out beautiful. And then other times it could turn out to be a mess. Because I was creating something I shouldn't have been creating. But if I lean on him, he is faithful and righteous to show me those ways. The Lord showed me this. I just started writing these last night. It was so awesome how it flooded into me. It says an offense. Now think about this. Offense is our knowledge puffed up. And there is a verse in the Bible that says knowledge puffs itself up, but love edifies. Isn't that awesome? Because we're to walk in love and in agreement with him. And he changes us to be that love, that person of love. An offense causes a reaction, but love responds. An offense runs to people to solve their problems, not to God. An offense increases our words. I love this because we're trying to justify us. And we don't have to justify us. If we connect with him, he is faithful to justify us. An offense causes harm to self. We start causing harms. We start setting ourselves up. What? It says we will stumble and the trigger will cause us to get into a trap. What's the trap? An argument with a person. What's a trap? Complaining about another person. It's a trap because the moment we start speaking it, we live in, a, we live in the spirit of sowing and reaping. It's, it comes back to us. Okay, an offense always hurts more than yourself. It starts to manifest around with others. A offense is pride in the knowledge of the lie. You don't even realize you start protecting that false peace. You start protecting that lie. An offense declares (laughs) self-innocence. I giggle at that because everybody always wants to not be wrong. Right? Come on. There's so many times I would get myself in and I would try to figure out why I was right because my heart was good. Okay, what was I doing? I was declaring myself innocent. <laughs> Come on, we have to learn to laugh at ourselves a little bit. But that is an offense. An offense, I, I loved it when I wrote that because I laughed so hard in my room. Defense is the unknown. It's what we don't know. Okay? Defense is the blind. What blinds us? From walking out in things. The defense is the hidden things. Defense holds back advancement of knowledge in him. Not knowledge of the world. Knowledge in him. We are to be walking in love in our jobs. And we are to help. We are to unify with people. And know and read our own. What we're putting out. And what somebody's giving us. And if we're walking in true love. This is what we're doing. We are edifying another person. If we are walking in true love. We don't react. We respond. We ask the Lord how to respond in a situation. If a person in love says little, they don't have to say a lot. They, they say little. They stay what? In their peace. Because the Lord, I love this vision. Because if everybody in here has Christ in their heart, but they're not learning the word and growing with the word, what's happening? All this darkness is your offense and defenses. So think about this. As we grow, it can't win. We have the victory. We have to come to the fullness. Think about all these offenses that are going on somebody. This is a person who talks a lot. (laughs) This is a person who says very little. Okay? This is a person who reacts the moment something happens. If they're not leaning on the right rock. If they're choosing to lean on the majority of the offense instead of the rock that is the Lord within them. Do you see what I'm saying? So start looking at your patterns. We all have patterns. We all have cycles and that's what breaking the strongholds are is we are not to be trying to solve them by ourselves. That would be cardinal us figuring it out. We are to cast down. We are to cast up those concerns to God and he will be faithful to show us the right way. Um, I love this too. It says, so we hold ourselves back, but love. Oh, here's something. An offense. You know what offense says? And I I skipped over this one because I guess it was the fourth on the list, but there was meant for me to skip it. An offense is when we say, I am disappointed in others. Think about that. How many times had that person disappointed me? 
That worker didn't do their job. That person I'm not happy with. My mom really upset me. Well, that, that means there's an offense in you. There's an, it's not them because it triggered something in what? You. So it's awesome because love does not have disappointment. If we are walking out and figuring out, it says love does, if, if you're in Christ, love does not disappoint. We don't get disappointed when people let us down because as we grow this out, we become less offensive, less defenses, and we start walking in love and people don't disappoint us. I can really say in my life, people cannot disappoint me today. I really mean that from my heart. In four years, it took me, it took the Lord to work through me not to be disappointed in people. Because I know he provides everything for me. I have learned that he is my rock. And that I will rely on him. And he, if I don't know the answer, and if I start feeling like I might be offended, I'm going to go right to this. And this word will wash your soul. It says we prosper as much as our soul prospers in business, in family, in relationships. But if we start letting this wash our soul, that's when we start prospering. We can't figure it out. So isn't that awesome? So love, you know, I was a school teacher for 11 years and I would get my roster. And in November, we would have our um, time to meet the parents, time to meet the parents. But when I sat down, I really learned really quickly in teaching the apple doesn't far, far from the tree. The child is usually like the mom or the dad, but I would always, and this is weird how I always did this. And I would write it in my files. I would always write down when I would see a parent and I didn't understand it till, till now, till studying offenses. I would write down if someone was harmful or someone was harmless. And it was weird. I would tease about it all the time. I'd write down harmful, harmless. And I'd always ask myself, I was warning myself to say, if somebody was really angry, if I wrote harmful, that means beware. Don't make that person angry. Do you know what I mean? Be on my guard, right? But if I wrote harmless, that means, okay, cool. You know, I knew that this person wasn't going to be working against something. And even in business, I've done that. When somebody's coming towards me, I can tell if somebody's full of a lot of anger and I know that person could be harmful. Do you know what I mean? But now as I'm studying this, something that is harmless is someone who's in Christ walking out and trying to figure it out with him. Because you know what? We don't want to hurt each other. If you're in Christ and you believe, you recognize that all offenses are going to be in everybody. That's how you walk in love, knowing that it's just an influence on a person, not who they really are. Imagine your business relations. If you can start recognizing people's offenses and movements, then you know how to what? Walk in love towards them and figure it out. All right. So everybody, is everybody good with this? All right. This is awesome. All right. So the Lord tells us that the true offender can be in us and it can be in people. And in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. The Lord tells us all to do something. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. He tells us. So this is an instruction. He tells us, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. As we, as we eat from the bread of life, which is the word of God. And we drink, we go when we don't know, and we thirst for what he has to teach us. He already says he will help us examine ourselves because we can't walk into a job and start changing everybody if we haven't really what? Examine ourselves. We are all leaders out there and a good leader walks in humility and learns to receive authority from another person. And that's how they can be a good leader. But it's awesome where the way the Lord tries to tell us What rock are you standing on? Are you going to stand on the rock of the Lord, which is harmless? Are you going to stand on the rock of offense, which is harmful, which is our flesh solving the problems and seeking the different word? And, you know, we can't grow without offenses. Even in Romans 427, it says Jesus was delivered up because of our offenses which means our lack of knowledge of knowing how to receive his love, his truth, and his light. We walk around trying to justify ourselves when he already has done it for us if we're in agreement to lean on him as our rock. And you know what's awesome? The Lord showed me when we observe to examine ourselves because he instructs us to do that. There are two things that we're looking at. One, when offense is in you. 
And the second thing is when offenses come upon you from others. And here is how you deal with this. When you sense the burn that you feel an offense, you feel anger, you're about to complain. James 4, 6 tells us that we are to walk through the fire. And it also tells us that as we feel that burn, let me get to James. As we feel that burn, guess what the Lord wants to do? If we are willing to look within ourselves and know when we feel these things happening, that is a sign that the Lord wants to heal you. He is trying. He already announced if you're feeling that offense, he wants to remove it from you. That's why you feel it. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. When we start feeling that offensive bitterness, you know there is grace that's going to help heal you. And it says, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The moment you feel that offense, you're to humble yourself. Humble yourself to what he's trying to work out of you. He wants to refine all of us. So that's why it's awesome that there are offenses. Because all he's trying to do is to remove the things that are not of God and heal us. So we don't become an offense to another person because it says, woe to him who an offense works through. So we want to improve ourselves so offense doesn't work through us. But the only way he can do that is by healing us. And he already promises that if we will resist the pride and we will humble ourselves, he will give us this person If this person will humble themselves, even though it has a lot of junk going on here, he's going to go to another level in Christ because he's going to humble himself, resist his pride and him trying to solve it and coming into agreement with the Lord. So isn't that awesome? So if you start feeling fire and you know an offense is rising, you know the Lord is about to heal you. He wants to get that out of you because when he sets you free, you are free indeed. So you know if you feel any offense, he's trying to set you free so you can do what? Work, be productive in your workplace. Be productive in your families. Be productive in the things you do. Isn't that awesome? Okay, this gets better. So now, let's say you've worked out all your offenses and you don't get offended. You don't get the burn. You're happy. You're feeling joy, peace all the time. But it also says what? The offense is going to come to you. All right, this is what I love. Because Jesus walked. He didn't have offense. He walked in the description of love that I gave. He edified. He healed. He had kind words. He did what his father, he followed under his authority. But the awesome thing is, does that mean offenses didn't come to him? Okay, because I thought when I came to Christ, life was going to be happy. And because I got it together, everything was going to be good. No. When offenses come upon you, that means something good is about to happen. Because if you think about it, when everybody could not receive Jesus and all he did, the people who had no knowledge of him rejected him, right? They looked at him as shame if he didn't, if he healed somebody on the Sabbath. If you think about this, okay? So all this offense was building around him. So here's Jesus walking, doing his thing, offense. Everybody, Judas against him, betrayal, right? But what was going to happen? He was going to be resurrected and sitting at the right hand of God. He did not care about those offenses. The offenses had to come towards him so that, and I'm going to go take it right to the verse because something good was about to happen and he knew he could not react. Instead, he had to forgive. I mean, this is so awesome. We exchange unforgiveness for forgiveness in our workplace. Can you imagine when we get this type of unity going in our, in our lives, our marriages, and our workplace? And I'm going to take you second Corinthians. I love when this came upon me. Second Corinthians two, three, eight. I know that everybody doesn't have their Bible, but I appreciate that you let me go through this because it's an awesome word. Second Corinthians two, three, eight. All right. And it says two, three through eight. Okay. How do we forgive an offender? That's what this is all about. If we can learn to forgive somebody who offends us, man, It says, and I wrote this very thing to you. I love the word. It speaks to what? Us. He says, lest when I come, 
I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy. Now, let's think about this. Sometimes we go and we're happy. We go in a place. We want everything to be happy. And we look at people because we want to have joy from that person. And what do we end up getting? Sorrow. Okay. It says, having confidence in you, all that my joy is the joy of all of you. We're not to release our joy just because somebody's coming towards us offended. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. The Lord is trying to speak to us. We're not to sit in these offenses and defenses and not be able to forgive. We got to release unforgiveness because that's how we, when we know offense is coming to us, we've got to forgive that person. Because we know they just don't know. It continues to say, but if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. We have to be very gentle with one another. If we are walking in Christ, we've got to be gentle. This punishment, which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man. So that on the contrary, you ought to rather to forgive And to comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. If we keep walking out and reaffirm who is our rock, our love for the Lord, he is faithful to start working these things out of us. And he puts, he exchanged the heart of unforgiveness and he puts in a heart for forgiveness. He exchanges shame in our lives for honor in our lives. He exchanges rejection and gives us acceptance in him. And as we mature and look at ourselves and we carry this out into the workplace, everything has to manifest around us. So when I talked about the manifestations of defenses and sicknesses and things that we carry, imagine if you focus on this, your joy then will what? Pass out. Your cup will overflow. And people, you're still going to have offenses. So we walk knowing that when offenses are coming upon us, but we know that we hold our peace and our joy, you just need to rejoice because that means something good is really about to happen. So, but yet the world teaches us different. The world teaches us, I've got to make everybody happy, right? Lee was great at that. I've got to make everybody happy. And when I realized it's not my job to make anybody happy, it's my job to stand on him and his principles, and he will cause my destiny to flourish. And he has. I am living proof of a person who did not understand any of these principles. But the more I meditate on the word, the more I seek him, the more he has now making, he's revealing things to me. Does that mean I don't have offenses coming towards me? No, I have offenses coming towards me, but now I see them and I rejoice in them. It takes a while to come to that shift, to come to that lot that the lie is believing you're not to have offenses come upon you. Jesus even had, we offended him. All those religious leaders who talked against him, all it was, was promoting him. So if we can evaluate and come to our own self and figure and start working on, do we have these? Then let's just say, if I'm angry, guess what? I've got some unforgiveness. If I complain about a lot of people, guess what? I've got some unforgiveness. But the beautiful thing is, he wants to exchange it. You know, my favorite verse when I came this, and it was sitting on the copier over there. It said, the, the, the Lord is my rock. He will protect me. You know, and I always read that. And even though I didn't understand that he protected me, I have now learned he protects me. I don't have to worry about man protecting me. He will protect me. He will guard me. He will protect me. He will help me if as long as I am willing, as long as I'm willing to start believing that he is my foundation, which is faith in him. And then to have love for his saints. That means offense can happen around me, but I don't have to receive it. I have to rejoice in it and know that the Lord has put me in place to help that person. Isn't this cool? And so we have to apply this into our workplace. Just think about this. If we start applying these things and knowing, and like I said, the word, it is impossible for us not to experience it. There is peace. And that totally took off a lot of peace for me. 
because we're going to have to experience it. But again, there's a responsibility. Woe to him who the offense works through. So we have to really be careful of the things where people we're speaking to, what we're hearing. And Romans 4.25 also reminds us. Romans 4.25, if you want to write that down, reminds us, it instructs us. Romans 4.25. Who has delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification? So Jesus, he came to heal us of all that. He came, he declared his righteousness upon us as long as we're willing to work through him. He gives the exchanges. There's another one, 14, 13. 14, 13. Here we go. Here's the last bit of instruction. This is awesome. The Lord gives us this. He says, therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in another brother's way. And we do that through our words. We do that through our actions. So we, he lets us know that we are not to judge one another. We're to love one another. Because we are all going through the same process. We may be at different levels. But we're all going through it. So. That's awesome. Wisdom wins in your packet. If you turn to the last page. I have given everybody scriptures on wisdom, and I'd like everybody to look at it. James 3.17. It says, the wisdom that is from above. Okay, that means from the word of God. Is from above. Is first what? Pure. Peaceable. Gentle. Willing to yield. Full of mercy and good fruits. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, isn't that awesome? So as we seek this word of truth... And knowing he wants to cleanse us, heal us, help us to perform better and do better things in our workplace. He's telling us that that wisdom is pure, peaceable, and it comes from above. So I know that everybody sitting here, they feel peace. You know what I mean? And if you're, if you're feeling something that's a little bit wiggly, that's great because the Lord wants to heal you. But it's awesome that this is all from the truth. And I'll tell you, every time I read a word, and even my daughter in the past four years, I can give her the word of God. And she can be moody. She can be out of sorts. But if I know the right word to say to her, it's like she shifts. (laughs) Because it's already in us to seek it. It's already in us all to seek it. So as you leave today, and you go out to your workplace, your families, start thinking about the offenses you feel the fire in you. Because that's a consuming fire of love that he wants to heal you. And then think about the offenses that are coming upon you. Because a really offended person inside that's not working on themselves, a lot of offense always is happening to them. Because they're feeding it back and forth. But when you hold your peace, the offense can come upon you, but it's to lift you into the things of him.